This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not giving a State of the Union address this evening. Joe Biden, formally addressing the nation as our commander in chief, technically speaking, for the second time since being elected president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And a new poll shows that Democrats are starting to sour on not only Biden, but his vice presidential ticket member, Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> is a true story. We're going to discuss it with the queen of daytime. Harris Faulkner is in the House today, as well as House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan, who takes us inside the investigations into all things in our government right now, and, of course, the Biden family as well. Hunter's a dirtbag. 888-788-9910 is the phone number, whether you agree with my son Lincoln or not. The point is, Fox Across America is an all-skate. You can be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. It doesn't matter. It's just a talk show. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. Bottom line, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a There it is. Happy Tuesday. Uh, it was a big night last night for me. I was on the Sean Hannity show. If you missed it, we posted it on the Fox Across America Facebook page. Also on Fox and Friends this morning with the great Steve Ducey. We did a one-on-one hit. That is also on the Fox Across America website, foxacrossamerica.com. I, of course, am not... The big TV headline right now in America, the big TV headline is that Joe Biden has to address the entire nation tonight for the first time since this Chinese weather balloon scandal. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. And by weather balloon, I do mean spy balloon. But they lied to us, called it a weather balloon and flew it over our entire country like a giant middle finger because they have no respect for anybody in this administration. Tell them like it is. Oh, we're about to. Here's where you find yourself if you're Joe Biden heading up to the podium tonight. Okay, 71% of the country, 71% think the country is headed in the wrong direction. Biden sucks. Okay, but the bigger issue is not that he sucks. Okay, the bigger issue is that he's a liar. Okay, because according to the excerpts that have been released from the speech, at least anyway, the preview is given to us by Corrine Jean-Pierre, Biden is set to get on stage tonight and declare victory for the job he has done. Okay, I got to be honest with you. Should Joe Biden be declaring victory in anything? Not even close. Okay, if 71 percent of Americans think the country is headed in the wrong direction, Okay, then you yourself are destroying your own credibility by telling them it's going good. If people think they're broke, you telling them the economy is good, 
doesn't actually change the fact that they feel broke. Do you understand? Okay, so when you get up there and that's the tactic you're going to go with, well, the State of the Union's good. That is a lie. It damages your credibility. And that's why he finds himself as historically unpopular as he is, not just in America, but in his own party. Okay, they have made a calculation at every turn when things went wrong to either A, try to blame Trump or B, claim that whatever was going wrong was actually going right. Democrats are so full of crap. You remember now inflation, it's transitory. It's actually a good thing. This is a sign of the growing economy is when, you know, people can't afford goods anymore. That's how you know the economy's growing. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. And if they didn't do it that way, the other tact was, well, MAGA, mega MAGA, ultra MAGA, this MAGA Supreme. Like it was a product at a pizza delivery chain. Yeah, we're not. No, we're having the we're having the MAGA meat lovers tonight, taking the wheels off the diet. You know what I mean? And the problem is the lack of accountability. Okay, at a time when Joe Biden had declared, "Well, the buck stops here." Well, it's now like a buck fifty-seven because of inflation, and the fact that he just wants to keep blaming other people is why the country is not only not confident in his leadership. But the country is not buying what he's selling because at every turn he has lied to their faces. The Afghan troop withdrawal killed 13 of our service members. Okay, it left the government. Okay, we went to Afghanistan to make sure that the country itself did not become a breeding ground for terror groups. We left there 20 years and $85 billion of our weapons left behind later with a terror group in charge of the government. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, but here's Corrine Jean-Pierre, and this is what I think might be the funniest clip you're going to hear all day. Corrine Jean-Pierre saying Biden is writing the speech himself. He's hunkering down as we speak and making sure this one comes right from the heart. You know, mainly because it can't come from the brain because I don't honestly know that he has one. I'm being honest. I, I do not root against our president, no matter who it is, whether I voted for them or not, because as they go, we go. OK, as Biden has gone, we have gone. OK, he might be the commander in chief or the president or whatever thing in between. OK, he might be a president on paper. OK, but as the driver of this country, he is more like the senator Ted Kennedy. It is clip. Here is Corrine Jean-Pierre, clip 17. The president is heavily, uh, as I've said many times, heavily engaged in the writing process. When you when you hear the speech, you're certainly here. Uh, there will be no question that this is a Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden State of the Union speech. Uh, so just want to make that really clear. But, you know, don't want to get ahead of what you're going to hear from him. Oh, it's going to be a Joe Biden speech. It'll be very clear. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. <laughs> It'll be clear that it's a Joe Biden speech. That's not a good thing. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. But when you think of all the lies you've been told by this administration, one of the funniest things going on in Washington right now is that they have erected erected around the Capitol. Uh, some border fencing tonight, a wall, if you will, because they're trying to create the illusion that he's under attack. Oh, this white supremacy. They're going to come get me. Remember that time the unarmed people ran into the Capitol? 
like it was the end of Animal House. The fraternity had been banned. They were done. They were just going to ruin the homecoming parade. That's what the Capitol was. I'm not telling you it was a good thing. I was on the air screaming that it was a bad thing. But the Democrats have tried to reapportion it as a deadly white supremacist insurgency. Okay, knowing full well, no one was storming the Capitol because of Biden's race. They were storming the Capitol because they believed the election was illegitimate. And understand, we've been told since that imprisoning them for life is the only natural recourse. Banning the people who said the election was illegitimate was the only natural recourse. But how do you take them serious as an objective observer if you're going to tell me that claiming an election was stolen is the be-all, end-all for being allowed in polite society? you got to ban every single one of the people in this montage. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. Mm. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay, if saying an election wasn't legitimate is ground for banishment from polite society, if that's considered an incitement to violence, then every one of those people should be in jail. But the reason they're not in jail is they don't mean that. okay? but this is what Biden plans to do tonight. Get up there. Well, we got to watch out for the MAGA white supremacy. But what are they really saying? Okay, they're building a wall around the Capitol tonight because in their worldview, walls work. And I only point that out. Okay, it's not a permanent border wall like trying to get at the southern border, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is being forced to go at it alone right now. Okay, but it's because Biden's entire principle is that he doesn't have one. He has abandoned every political position he's ever taken if he thought it would be helpful to him. Don't ever forget, okay, Joe Biden, who now wants you to believe he is the champion of to, of tolerance and inclusion, and he was the guy that went to bat for gay marriage as a vice president. Okay, well, here's where Joe Biden stood as a senator. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Whoa, hey, whoa! So, uh, I guess we have some issues? <laughs> no, no issues. You just abandon your principles. Whatever the Democrats are doing now, that's fine. And I'm not trying to have a debate over gay marriage. Anybody who's crazy enough to get married, just let them do it. Sorry, Jenny, I love you, babe. But the point is, okay, understand that this is a man of zero principle. The man is a sociopath. The man will say anything to help himself get ahead. Okay, things he knows are right, like a wall. They have a wall around the Capitol. 
Okay, they're building a wall today around the Capitol. Big extra exterior fencing being put up. One, because they want to create the illusion that they're under threat from some imaginary white supremacist thing. But two, because they believe they work. And I only point that out. Why? Because as a senator, Biden voted twice for border wall funding. Okay, as a candidate, he said, nah, we should be building bridges and not walls, meaning he abandoned his own principle. He abandoned his own belief, just like he's done on every single issue. And that's the real problem for Biden. We always joke like, oh, you know, he's a mess. Uh, The elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. But the real issue is that he's just completely unmoored. There's no moral compass within the guy. He likes to tell you he's a Catholic. Oh, good Catholic boy, Scranton Joe. But in the next breath, he's on board with the Democrats championing abortion up until the first report card. Okay, any extremist view that's popular within his own party, he can't gravitate towards fast enough if he thinks it'll help his own political fortunes. And that's why we're getting rolled by the likes of China on the world stage. They sent over that weather balloon. Okay, they called it a weather balloon with a straight face as it was spying on our intercontinental ballistic nuclear facilities. Okay, flew it right down the heart of the country. The thing is controlled by China. Okay, because they knew he'd be more concerned with the political costs than the military calculus of how to clap back and say no. Do you remember Dikembe Mutombo, NBA shot blocker? Probably at his best years for the Denver Nuggets, but Dikembe Mutombo used to reject shots and then wag his finger at you. Like, hell no. You don't bring this in there. What are you, nuts? I'm Dikembe Mutombo. Would you stop it? Okay, and that's who we're supposed to be when it comes to foreign policy. You don't bring that into America. What are you, nuts? You're supposed to wag the finger, shoot it down. Okay, we didn't do that. Okay, we went a little soft. And I understand you could talk to me about, well, you know, we had to get it out of the, you know, heavily populated areas of Alaska and Montana. You know, there's so much population out there. I mean, come on, don't bullshit me. Joe Biden's problem is the politics have always come before the people. And when the politics come before the people, you're willing to do and say anything to enhance your own political fortunes. And that's why when Biden gets out there tonight, he says, well, the state of the union is good. Uh, I don't doubt that he believes that in his head because in his head, he thinks that's enough to get him reelected. But to anybody paying attention, there is no way in hell he's winning 2024. And the more you watch him, the harder it becomes to believe that he won in 2020. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding this country together at 888-788-9910. Harris Faulkner's coming up in a little while. We're also going to be joined from Jim Jordan from the great state of Ohio. But batting leadoff, their opening act is out in Brooklyn, New York. Alex is on the phone. Yo, Alex. 
Hey, Jimmy, thanks for taking the call. So what I find so funny about tonight's State of the Union address that Joe Biden's going to give is that, you know, everyone's speculating about what he's going to discuss and what kind of tactics he's going to use to defend the disasters caused by his administration. But Joe Biden, he himself, the one who's going to give the speech tonight, has no freaking idea about what he's going to talk about because he's going to be reading it all from the teleprompter. So we, the audience, know more about the kind of things he's going to talk about than he himself does. <laughs> so are you not believing Corrine Jean-Pierre? when she says Biden's hunkering down and writing this by hand? I think she was just drunk when she said that because <laughs> she knows exactly she knows more than us about what goes on. Oh, there's no no there's no question. Well, you know what I think is crazy, Alex? Like you're a pretty perceptive guy. Um don't you think strategically it's a dumb idea to tell people it's going good if it's going bad for them personally? Like if 71% of the country think it's going bad, you telling them it's going good kind of discredits you, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so I think they're telling him to say that, and they're telling his administration to say that because the handlers had enough with Joe Biden. They know that he can't make it in the general, and that's also why they had no problem letting the story about the classified documents leak out because they don't have. They, I mean, everyone's saying, "Oh, they have no other Democrat to put up for re-election," you know, mm-hmm. instead of Joe Biden. Well, oh, I lost you. They might have whacked him, Alex. He said the Democrats have nobody else to put up for 2024, and I think the Clintons whacked him. Oh, Alex, you can't go saying that stuff in the state of New York. Folks, I'm kidding. Come on. Stop it. We're just telling jokes about the Clinton. These are silly jokes. You stop it. This is not okay. Oh, that doesn't end good for me. That's not. Now we got Hillary upset. Make no mistake about it. If Biden doesn't run in 2024, believe me, believe me, the people's pantsuit is waiting in the wings, and she's got all kinds of energy to give it another go. I don't feel no ways tired. No, ma'am. You understand. And this is the thing, and it's why it's such a precarious time in the Biden presidency. I'm fascinated by all of this. It's to me like I watch politics. It's really interesting, but I, I, like, I watch it. It's like just an odd sitcom for me. You know, I've met most of these people. I think they're all ridiculous. I grew up believing. I grew up believing that everybody in Washington was like a genius who only cared about America and was incapable of doing anything that would put America's interests second to their own. I honestly believe that. And then I started working in and around politics. And I was like, oh, my God, these people are sociopaths. They're all monsters. They have no idea what they're doing. So in watching all of these little dramas play out, you know, we've gotten to this weird precipice in terms of the writer's team and what direction they take this sitcom in for the next season. It's like, do they keep Biden? Do they get rid of Biden? You know, he looked finished before the midterms, but then he exceeded expectations in the midterms through no doing of his own, but then proceeded to fall completely off a cliff and had any objective observer just looking at the guy and, you know. We have a president that is clearly not all there. You couple that with a historically unpopular vice president and the fact that 71 percent of the country thinks it's going in the right direction. And I'm pretty sure the writer's room is looking at Joe Biden and saying, get him out of here. Get him out. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level 
today. That's shopify.com slash system. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. We're previewing the State of the Union. That's going on tonight in Washington. We've also got this, you know, press conference yesterday with Corrine Jean-Pierre. She is so bad at her job. I mean, she really is. She was, of course, brought in to replace... Jen Psaki. Biden sucks. I mean, who was bad at picking out press secretaries uh, because in the other words of Lincoln. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. (laughs) That's funny. Bringing up uh, Kaylee McEnany, I saw her today. Today is her first day back here at the Fox News Channel. She was out on maternity leave, and Kaylee is officially back in action on the airwaves today. Talk about a win for the American people. Um, Kaylee's the coolest. Like, we get on so well. I always love talking to her. Uh, She's great on this show. Uh, She's great on Outnumbered. I was on Outnumbered this past Friday. She was still out. Uh, But we will be on Outnumbered again uh, together again on February the 16th. It is a Thursday. It is coming up. It is one day before I depart for Utica, where I will be at the Fat Cats Comedy Club doing five sold-out shows. Hey, girl. Thanks for that, man. I really appreciate the support I get from this team. Uh, it is awesome to go on the road and meet all of you guys, although you're maniacs. The Reno crowd, the Carson City crowd that we hung out with this weekend, uh, me and Lincoln are still trying to sober up. That was a wild one. <laughs> it's really crazy. I got an Instagram message from Sammy Hagar. Uh, he runs some Beach Bum Rum, which sponsored the events out in Reno. And it's just such a bizarre time to be alive in my house when you're back and forthing with like the lead singer of Van Halen and you you know and your kids on stage wearing some weird cowboy shirt and I'm basically a traveling party clown uh who has a side job in cable news you know it's me <laughs> well again to get back to what I meant to discuss the big clown show the big three ring circus is in the white house press briefing room here is Kareen Jean-Pierre okay catching some hell in terms of the balloon Okay, people wanting to know what the deal is. Why did they not act sooner? Don't ever forget, okay, that Barack Obama's defense secretary, Leon Panetta, famously said they should have shot it down sooner. So let's just, before this gets categorized as some like right wing attack, some Fox News hatchet job on the Biden administration, here it is, Leon Panetta, flat out, clip 12. And I'm not sure that we should have allowed it uh, to simply cross over the country, uh, cross over uh, what were obviously sensitive military sites. I, I, don't, I don't see the logic of that. So the, so the question, obviously, is uh, the Pentagon said that there were risks here. I understand that argument, uh, that uh, there were debris risks. Uh, at the same time, uh, I think we should have acted earlier uh, if our suspicions were valid that this was, in fact, on an intelligence mission. So think about that. If we thought China was on an intelligence mission, flying over our most sensitive sites, we're supposed to take the thing down. I agree with that. I bet he does agree with that. That's his former defense secretary. That is Leon Panetta, who served 
as defense secretary under Barack Obama at a time when Joe Biden was, in fact, the vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Biden's explanation was, well, I told him to shoot it down last Wednesday. But they talked me out of it. Yo, if you're the commander in chief, you're in charge. It's your call. Okay, if they talked you out of it, that makes you look even weaker on the world stage than you already do. And that's just not Jimmy Fallon talking. Here's your former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, flat out admitting to America Reports that Biden is not the commander in chief. It's clip nine. I mean, we have no idea what the Chinese are doing, and it was a huge risk to allow it. But, it, but there's an internal question here. When the military learned about it, apparently there's a three or four day period where they don't tell the president. When the president learns about it, he says, shoot it down. And the American military says, you know, you're not really the commander in chief. You're kind of a suggester in chief and we're not going to do it. And so if you believe the White House, the president on Wednesday ordered it to be shot down and the American military just ignored him. Uh, That's pretty extraordinary, if true. So that's a former Republican speaker of the House, as well as a former Democratic defense secretary saying to Joe Biden, you have no idea how to defend a nation. And he has no idea how to pick a press secretary. Here is Corrine Jean-Pierre trotted out to the podium yesterday to tell us, "Nah, this wasn't a big deal. Would you guys calm down? Clip five. At the same time, we protected uh, we protected against Chinese intelligence collection because we knew exactly where the balloon uh, was going. The, the military recommended taking the balloon down over water fo- following the determination uh, by military commanders that there was undue risk of debris causing harm to civilians while the balloon was over land in Alaska, Canada, or the continental United States. I mean, think about that. So the military says, you know, well, no, can't, can't shoot it down over land. I mean, come on, Montana, Alaska, hello. Folks. They're the most sparsely populated areas in our country. This idea that you couldn't shoot it down there, this idea that they couldn't shoot it down over the Pacific Ocean, has led a lot of people to believe that they only shot it down because the American public heard about it. Okay, Biden was asked about this yesterday. Here it is, clip two. You've known about the balloon program for some time. Has it always been your view to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon, or was it only because it became public? Oh, no, it was always my position. Once it came over the United, into the United States from Canada, I uh, told the Defense Department wanted to shoot it down as soon as it was appropriate. They concluded, they concluded we should not shoot it down over land. It was not a serious threat, and we should wait till it got across the water. You're not telling me the truth. Okay, here's what you need to understand about this. According to Biden's claim, okay, last Wednesday, they found out about it on the 28th. They told him not to shoot it down, okay? But he did not ultimately act because this became political. That was the question, okay? You've known about the balloon for some time, okay? Has it always been your view to shoot down the balloon, or was it only because it became public? Now, why is that significant? Because Biden wants you to believe politics didn't play a part in this. But understand, okay, Biden, his administration, they never at any point disclosed to the public they knew this balloon was here. Which means they very much 
We're concerned about the public perception. We only know about this balloon. Why? Because people with iPhones took pictures of it in Montana. So when Joe Biden says, oh, no, the po- no. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Okay, I think would still be flying over the country right now if he didn't catch the blowback that he did to shoot it down. If he didn't catch the blowback that he did over the fact that it was even here in the first place. So what did they do after he caught all kinds of heat? They said, no, this was the right thing to do, even though we were hiding it from the public. Because, you know, Secretary of State Blinken was supposed to be over in China today meeting with his Chinese counterpart. They didn't want to upset that apple cart. So we were just going to forget that this balloon was flying all over the country at our most sensitive nuclear facilities, and we were going to keep it from the public. Understand, there was no intent of telling us. Okay, this became a story. Biden flat out says, well, I became became aware of it on Wednesday, and I wanted to shoot it down. But he didn't say anything to the American people. Okay, the administration didn't brief the Senate. They didn't brief, like, the Armed Services Committee. They didn't brief the Intel Committee. Nobody was briefed on this. Okay, which means they were trying to keep it a secret and understand if it wasn't for citizen journalists spotting this on their phones, we wouldn't even be talking about a balloon that they themselves were aware of had made it over our country. So you understand when Biden says, oh, no, you don't understand. It's not politics. Biden is full of every damn time, man. And what did they do to run a counter narrative to this? They were like, well, you know. Trump did it, too. You got to understand is also Trump had the same prop. Wrong. No, they didn't. They floated an anonymously sourced report from the Department of Defense claiming Trump let balloons fly over the country. And then they had the backpedal because nobody in the Trump administration had ever been briefed on such a thing happening. They themselves knew they had no record of briefing the Trump administration on anything like this ever happening. So they were then faced with the reality of either looking like they were lying to Trump as the president of the United States or they were flat out lying to the American people. Either way, if you're a part of that lying in Washington, D.C., okay, this could be a problem. It's a huge problem. okay. but they were full of it. Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about this narrative because the narrative shifted. It went from, well, there were balloons here when Trump was the president. You understand we had this balloon thing, too. And then what did they say? Well, all right, well, wasn't quite the same as flying all over the country. And, you know, as it turns out, we didn't tell Trump. We found out the balloons were here after he left office. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. We are all stocked up here. But Corrine Jean-Pierre still attempted to sell that crazy yesterday. Here it is, clip six. How is it possible that this administration discovered... Um, at least three previous balloons that flew over the U.S. under the previous administration, but Trump officials didn't know it was happening. Yeah, so, look, I think that, uh, and we have talked about this before, about how um, uh, when it, um, when the PRC government surveillance balloons uh, transited uh, the continental U.S. briefly at least three times, as you just mentioned, during the president's uh, prior administration, and once that we know of the beginning of this administration's, uh, but never for this duration of time, as we know, uh, this information was discovered prior to the administration uh, left, uh, but uh, the intelligence community, as I said, is prepared to give uh, give, uh, 
briefings to key officials, uh, but this is something, uh, this is something, sorry, post, but this is something that we, we, they did not, they were not aware of as, as we just laid out. You don't have a clue. So they're trying to deflect from Joe Biden knowingly letting a Chinese spy balloon hover over our most sensitive nuclear facilities. And then upon being discovered, fly southeast all the way over South Carolina and other military facilities before ultimately getting shot down in a heap of public pressure. And they want you to believe, well, more importantly, this happened during the Trump administration and they just weren't aware of it. That is a lie. I mean, who the hell knows? But the point that they're reaching for the Trump card in this moment tells you everything you need to know about Joe Biden. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. OK, and understand. OK, here is John Radcliffe, your formal director of national intelligence. The director of national intelligence, the guy under Trump who would be the one to know whether or not this was going on. Here is his take on this story. Clip 14. It's not true. I can I can refute it. Um, uh, Former Secretary of Defense uh, Mark Esper refuted it yesterday. Former Secretary of State and CIA Director Mike Pompeo has refuted it. But, Maria, the American people can refute it for themselves. Um, Uh. Do you remember during the Trump administration when uh, photographers on the ground and commercial airline pilots were talking about a spy balloon over the United States uh, that people could look up and see even with the with the naked eye and that a media that hated Donald Trump wasn't reporting? I don't remember that either because it didn't happen. Duh. It didn't happen. But you understand this is the biggest problem for Biden. It's the biggest problem for America. And I don't like it's really, you know, if you listen to the show every day, you have to get it by now. Okay, my rooting interest is in the country. It's not in any particular party. I don't know any particular politician. My loyalty, whoever wins the presidency, I root for. Maybe I don't like them on a policy basis. Like, I don't want any of Joe Biden's crazy, stupid, progressive left wing climate stuff. I'm not a big fan of all this radical gender ideology, but it doesn't mean I want the country to fail because I live here. You understand? And as he goes, we go. As the country goes, we go. I mean, it's the biggest rallying cry of this show is that, yes, a lot of us disagree politically, but we're supposed to be teammates. You know, we don't have to agree with everything everybody says, but we all live in the same country. That's the whole point. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. So I don't get on the air to just like slander a Democrat just because, believe me, if the Republicans win the elections, they're going to catch holy hell. How much hell have I caught from listeners when I didn't agree with Trump on something or Certainly Kevin McCarthy, when we were going through the nominating process, I wasn't a fan of just handing it to the guy who raised the most money. You know, I'm not a fan of that. But sadly, that is how Washington, D.C. works. Money, 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 money. But I'm still going to call it out. But when it comes to Biden and the ineptitude we're seeing here, the cost we're paying is not money. It really is our credibility. It really is, you know, the whole peace through strength mantra. You demonstrate American strength on the world stage so we don't have to demonstrate it on a local level. I'm talking about wars. The whole point of strength is to use it as a deterrence. You don't want to mess with this guy, so let's go about it a different way. We just let a spy balloon from our biggest geopolitical foe fly right down Broadway over our most sensitive nuclear facilities, and they weren't even going to tell us it was a thing until people captured it on their iPhones. Is that demonstrating strength 
on the world stage for all to see? The answer would be no. No, that's the sad reality. The weaker you look, the closer you become to actually going to war. You're absolutely right. He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color, there's a man who's not right. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We have a lot going on today. Harris Faulkner is coming by an hour from now, and she couldn't be more excited to be here. That is offensive, and it is not true. Whatever. We got her to show up anyway. And uh, Jim Jordan is going to be here as well. But in the next hour, we're going to have a grown-up talk about Kamala Harris because dig this, the New York Times, the people who told us, you know, she'd be the greatest vice president ever, are now running op-eds about Kamala Harris essentially saying, Get her out. Get her out of here. The hot talk in Democrat circles is that the party is looking to move on from Kamala. And you know the way this works. Whenever the party has an idea, they leak it to the press first to see what people think of it. Like, do you remember when the Biden administration was going to start a misinformation committee? And then everyone looked at the videos of that crazy Mary Poppins woman singing. And they basically looked at her once on TikTok and were like, you're a loony. And that was the end of the plan. They're like, ah, right, well, as it turns out, there was never going to be a thing. We weren't going to have a misinformation committee. We never wanted to do that to begin with. Democrats are so full of crap. They did it with gas stoves. Remember two weeks ago when we were all yelling that they wanted to ban gas stoves? And they were like, well, no, was a tar- we didn't want to get rid of the gas stoves. That wasn't a big deal. I was just, I don't know where the Republicans are coming from because they leaked it to the, to the committee, okay, to the press. And that's what they did here. They've started to leak from within the Biden camp that, hey, we're thinking about switching out Kamala because they want to get public feedback. And unfortunately for Kamala, so far the public feedback to her getting kicked off the ticket is... <laughs> So it's going to make for a little bit of a bumpy ride between here and 2024 for your favorite vice presidential sociopath. We'll get into it. We're going to have some big you and me time when we come back right here on the high flying, death defiant, internationally renowned, keto approved, gluten free Fox across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, would you look who's back in action for the second hour of the day here on Fox Across America, an audio safe space for cool people where we say every day to the point of exhaustion, everybody's welcome. You don't have to agree with me. Uh, You could be one of those people who thinks Kamala Harris has no chance in 2024, Uh, or you could be uh, one of those people who says she does. Scientists have a word for them. 
Uh, they're called idiots. He knows what he's talking about. And I'm not basing this on my own logic and reasoning. I'm basing it on a report in the New York Times, which is the print edition of the Democratic National Committee. And the Times is saying Democrats have lost all hope in Kamala Harris. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. A lot of people feel that way. We're going to discuss it in this hour. We're going to have a little you and me time. Uh, we have two huge guests on today's show. Harris Faulkner, of course, the queen of daytime, host of the Faulkner Focus, co-host of Outnumbered. We're also going to be joined by Jim Jordan, who is the head of the House Judiciary Committee. He's investigating just about everything in the Democratic Party right now. Oh, I'm in trouble. But both of them are joining us in the next hour. Right now, just you and me. I was going to say mano e mano, but you can't say mano e mano. I think it's themo e themo, I think is what it is now. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know. But as far as the Kamala Harris time in the White House, by all accounts, it seems to be coming to an end. Correct the mundo. So let me give you a little background on this and why I wanted to discuss it. Obviously, we've got Biden's State of the Union. And I told you in the previous hour. According to the White House, Biden is busy writing the speech himself. This could be a problem. <laughs> I know. Could you imagine they actually let him out there off prompter? And then just, you know, you start hearing all the, you know, he, he starts singing the hits as Biden gets up there. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> like, wait, what? That's racist. What do you mean? Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or... Trump, and yeah. you ain't black. I don't know that he's writing this himself, although it would be wild to go to a State of the Union and see a president give us such important life advice such as... Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone. The point is, though, as banged up as Biden appears to be, his political fortunes, as we talk at the top of this hour, are a lot, they have a lot more upward mobility than Kamala Harris's do. Okay, and the reason being is as an incumbent president, the Democratic Party will be a lot more reluctant to ditch him, okay, because he is the sitting president. And historically, you don't do that, but it becomes a lot easier to ditch him if they can get everybody to buy in on the idea of ditching his running mate first. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Kamala, make no mistake about it. She is the first domino here, and for good measure, just so everybody understands, Kamala Harris is awful at her job, just off, just a complete sociopath, has all of these issues with authenticity. You know, she really, like, you know, with all of these fake laughs and cackles and Venn diagrams. I just love a Venn diagram. <laughs> Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> Seriously, do you remember the one where she's talking about school buses? I just love a yellow school bus. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus? Oh, my, I just love a yellow school bus. But what she leaves out is the fact that she rode a short school bus. I admire your honesty. Just telling you because I care. Kamala Harris is a mess. I mean, the biggest task she was delegated was to be the border czar. And, of course, she did what? She conducted a study on the root causes of illegal immigration. Did she do anything in the way of, oh, I don't know, solving the problem that's going on in real time? The answer would be no. No. She said, oh, we got to send some more climate reparations down to the Central American countries. 
and we need money for gender equity programs because that's why they're fleeing to our country. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Is it ever? And the point being is a problem that was horrible when they handed it to her has gotten infinitely worse since she took it over and promptly began ignoring it altogether. So Kamala Harris has done a terrible job as a vice president. And that's not a Republican attack line. The Democrats hated her when she ran for president. She dropped out of the race. She was polling at 1% in California. She didn't even make it to the Iowa caucuses. You think about this. As presidential campaigns go, okay, Iowa is the first one. Okay, she didn't make it to the first one. Okay, so understand it wasn't Republicans who said, oh, she sucks. It wasn't a bunch of racist misogynists. It was Democrats who said, oh, she sucks. And the woman who famously said she believed Joe Biden's sexual assault accuser, okay, who essentially called him a rapist, the woman who said he was a racist for opposing integrated school busing back in the 70s, was promptly offered the vice president's job and was like, oh, hell yeah, come on. Are you Absolutely, yes. The woman who said Joe Biden is a rapist and a racist offered the chance to work for him and was like, yeah, I love this guy. Kamala is a lying sociopath, fact-checked. And that's always been her issue. It's been in, in authenticity. And, yes, she has been bad at her job. But understand, not only is she historically unpopular, polling at 39%, but Biden is too. And what they do in these liberal elite circles like the New York Times, okay, is they do this dominoes style. Okay, if they can get Kamala off the ticket early enough, okay, then there could be a groundswell to be like, why we're at it, why don't we, you know, get rid of the old doddering, pudding-brained idiot who's in charge? Come on, man. It's very well where this could be headed. And when you start to hear the New York Times quoting people who have aspirations for the Oval Office, you realize this is more than just behind-the-scenes speculation. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. And I bring that up because she is quoted in this article as telling aides she hasn't risen to the challenge of the office and everything in between. So let me give you a summary on this. New York Times publishes a piece titled Kamala Harris is struggling to define her vice presidency. Even her allies are tired of waiting. Now understand, as the New York Times goes in the Democratic Party, okay, they're the guy calling the shots at the square dance. Okay, do see do your partner around and that whole thing. Promenade, that's the New York Times. Whatever dance move they call out, the Democratic Party is going to follow. Tell them like it is. So when the Times starts reporting that one of the issues Democrats are in agreement on is whether they are allies of the vice president or not, and it seems to be that everyone in the party agrees she is a disappointment at best. The piece stating, but the painful reality for Mrs. Harris, Ms. Harris, is that in private conversations over the last few months, dozens of Democrats in the White House, on Capitol Hill, and around the nation, including some who helped put her on the party's 2020 ticket, said she had not risen to the challenge of proving herself as a future leader of the party, much less the country. Even some Democrats who were supposed to be supporters of the vice president confided privately that they had lost hope in her, according to the New York Times. So understand, they called people up off the record and were like, hey, you mind giving us a nice quote about Kamala Harris? You don't have to put your name on it. And everybody was like, the answer would be no. No, thank you. Even Democratic fundraiser John Morgan, one of the few people to speak on the record of the Times, uh, says that 
No way. This ain't a thing. He will not donate to her again. According to her weakness as vice president will be one of the most hard-hitting arguments against Biden is that, hey, we can't reelect a guy in his late hundreds if the woman who would succeed him in power only knows how to talk in circular redundancies. Okay, and to drive that point home, she spoke again yesterday. Here she is talking about how to measure success. And the way to measure success, of course, is to measure it. It's clip 18. Our meeting today includes not only the work that we intend to do going forward, but working together to talk about how we can measure the success we have had thus far and continue to improve on the work we've done. For many who were at the original table, you will know that it has been built into our approach that we will devise metrics and be very clear, and I thank the university and, and, and Michelle for the work that has been happening to help us articulate the metrics by which we will then measure our success in real time, not waiting for years down the line, but in real time measure our success so that we can regroup, analyze where we are, and as necessary, improve our approach. Oh, shut up, woman. I mean, seriously, Kamala. What would you do with a brain if you had one? <laughs> so they're forming a committee that will establish the metrics through which they were, will measure success. Okay? Not only in the future... But in real time, these metrics we're establishing will measure the metrics of success, not just now, but in the future going forward. It will chart a course in government so we can see where the government has taken us, not just now, but into the future. I mean, shut up. Will you shut up? Just talking in such redundant stupidity. And oh, by the way, what is forming a committee to establish the metrics to measure success mean in terms of actual success? Nothing. Nothing. What success are we talking about? What is the goal that would define success? This is why people hate Washington, D.C. Everything in the country is a mess. The border's out of control. Crime is skyrocketing. Gas is going back up. Food is spiked. Well, don't you worry. We're establishing a committee that will establish the metrics which through which we measure the progress when the progress eventually gets here. You know, you got to have the right metrics in a government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. I mean, my goodness gracious, that's the woman next in line to the presidency. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Here's one more. It's clip 19. I think most of us who are devout public servants understand that we in government have great possibility in terms of the, the range at which we work as government, but when we are joined with our friends in the private sector, we can take advantage of the skills and the innovation that they so uniquely in so many situations are able to accomplish and grow. <laughs> you know, the thing about in government is we have a great responsibility of the range in which we work in government because in government, you understand, we in government have a responsibility in what we've got to do. I mean, folks, this is the vice president of the United States, Yo Kamala. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. But understand, okay, if Kamala 
is on the chopping block, if it's now fashionable in the Democratic Party to take shots at her in the New York Times, that means Kamala's downfall will only take Biden out next. And if you don't believe me, Okay, I'm telling you because I care. This is how they operate. They float the idea of getting rid of Kamala as a trial balloon. They see what the public comes back at them with. No, you can't get rid of her. She's the first vice president of color. She's a female. No way. But in this instance, nobody is saying that about Kamala, which means in terms of starting to take shots at Biden, it is only a matter of time. Introducing the Rolex Vice Presidential Model, the watch that lets you track the passage of time, just like Kamala Harris. Talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. The Rolex Vice Presidential Model is so significant, we even made one for kids. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. The Rolex Vice Presidential Model, now selling across America and coming soon to the southern border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We've got Harris Faulkner coming up in the next hour, as well as Jim Jordan. But right now, some you and me, Tom, we were talking about Kamala Harris a minute ago. Why? Because there's an op-ed in the New York Times arguing that it's time for Joe Biden to take her off the ticket. That can't be good. Just to reiterate what I had said earlier, the New York Times, it is the be-all, end-all in the Democratic Party. Okay, you know, they call it the gray lady. It's supposed to be such a noble institution. It's the New York Times. They never get anything wrong. Wrong. The New York Times has been wrong about just about everything. Uh, including, obviously, the Mueller probe and anything to do with a vaccine. Or, but when it comes to the Democratic Party, okay, it is gospel. They, they throw all that stuff out the window. Just tell us which way to go. Okay, when it comes to Kamala Harris, they're telling them which way to go. They're saying, you know, <laughs> anywhere, anywhere, okay, but in the same direction you're going in right now. Because this is what happens traditionally with presidencies that are run properly. Okay. What presidents have the luxury of doing is anytime they make a bad call, they can put some distance between themselves and the bad call by firing the advisors. Like I've said this in the Afghan troop withdrawal fallout. If Biden wanted to take some of the heat off himself, he should have admitted it was a a mistake, said he got bad advice from his top commanders, And he should have fired somebody like General Milley. I agree with that. But instead, he made the, I I, got to be honest with you, maybe one of the, the dumbest decisions in the history of presidential politics, which was to go on TV in the hours where we were watching people cling to jumbo jets, people throw babies over barbed wire fences to get them out of the country. 13 of our service members die. Biden went on TV with a straight face and told the world that what they were watching was an unmitigated success. This guy's a serious ass. And it cost him all of his credibility. He would add a lot more credibility if he owned the bad moves, said, I've got some bad advisors. Hey, ho, they've got to go. But here we are 
with him at the precipice of running again in 2024. And what Biden is essentially, you know, calculating is whether or not he should get Kamala off the ticket because she's historically unpopular, but whether that would constitute a wrong turn by him because on some level he would have to admit that he's done a few things wrong. Now, if you've been paying attention to Joe Biden, he's not admitting he's done anything wrong, okay? Even when Jill has to come up behind him and change his diaper. That was gross. We're just being silly. But the point is, Joe Biden just told you he bears no responsibility for inflation. He says it was here when he got here. You're alive. Think about that for a second. Told you the Afghan troop withdrawal was a success. Again, told you the Georgia voter ID law was Jim Crow on steroids. Told you there would never be a vaccine mandate. Told you vaccinated people couldn't get COVID. Told you the Afghan army wasn't going to collapse. I mean, when you think of all the lies, understand, he said he started his presidential campaign because Donald Trump never condemned neo-Nazis and white nationalists down in Charlottesville before he launched his campaign. Joe Biden said, hey, man, I didn't even want to run for president. But then Trump failed to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Understand, Joe Biden is a sociopathic liar. And that's why this is going to be very difficult for him to punt Kamala off the ticket because it'll be admitting he did something wrong. Never mind that it'll open up the floodgates to get rid of him, too. And that's what I'm talking about. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It is the high flying, death defying Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up. It is Tuesday. We're getting ready for the State of the Union address. It's going to be a lot of talk about the economy and the jobs and the climate and everything in between. But there's also a culture war going on that Joe Biden has waded headfirst into. And none other than Joy Reid says the Democrats are winning that war. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Maybe so, but I still have to play a clip from the Joy Reid show. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 So if you saw me on TV last night, I was on with Sean Hannity. And one of the stories we were discussing was the Grammys. And how the Grammys had this weird, perverse satanic transgender strip show going on where Sam Smith came out, famously referred to by Raymond DeRoyal. Give Raymond credit for this. Raymond referred to Sam Smith as a plus-sized Marilyn Manson. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty funny. But they're trying to do the shock thing, which worked really well for Madonna because we were a stiffer society in the 80s and the 90s. Now, in the age of the Internet, we're seeing everything you want to see, and we're seeing a lot of things you shouldn't see. Bingo. Which brings me to this transgender strip show of Sam Smith, as I was telling Sean Hannity last night. I didn't even watch the clip, because if I wanted to see a transgender stripper, I'd go to a Democratic kindergarten class. Bingo, man, bingo. But Joy Reid watched that. She has watched this debate ensue about Republicans getting upset because Democrats are sexualizing kids in, in ages as early as kindergarten. That's not right. No, it's not. But you understand what Joy Reid is, is she's a troll. 
she just gets on TV and tries to upset people, and it gets her media attention. Tucker Carlson famously refers to her as the race lady, and that's exactly what she is. She exists to call people racist and transphobic and homophobic and everything in between because she's selling confirmation bias to self-hating white people. That's who Joy Reid's audience is. It's not the black community. It's getting killed in record numbers because of the defund the police movement. It's not the black community that's getting crushed by record high levels of inflation. It's self-hating white people who tune in at night to be told by the likes of Joy Reid and Rachel Maddow that they're better than the people in the middle of the country. You know, the one with the lower taxes, the lower cost of living, the happier families, the safer communities. Joy Reid's job is to tell the people paying $8,500 a month to live in a phone booth that they're smarter than you are. That's her job. So every night she gets on and she talks to you about, you know, all the things that they prioritize in the left-wing culture wars, diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, all the things that don't pay a bill, don't make your streets safer, don't make your kids smarter. But here's Joy Reid defining that as the metric through which we declare victory. Clip 34. It was, to put it mildly, a celebration of the very thing the American right has turned into its latest anti-wokeness boogeyman. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. The show opened with Puerto Rican singer Bad Bunny singing 99% in Spanish. Then host Trevor Noah walked and talked through a room that was diversity, equity, and inclusion in human form. The first country Americana artist to perform, Brandi Carlisle, was introduced by her wife and daughters. We saw the first trans artist win a Grammy, Kim Petras, who has a hit song with Sam Smith the British singer who came out in 2019 as non-binary. I mean, good gosh. In my opinion, that sucked. (laughs) But there's more of this. They were a monument to diversity, equity, inclusion. Listen, the Grammys are about celebrating music. When you hear a good song on the radio, you don't go, oh, I like this. What gender is the person singing? What do they identify as? Who are they married to? You know what you ask yourself? You ask yourself, is the song good or is the song bad? That's true. That is true. So they're already missing the mark in terms of why people watch the Grammys. But for Joy Reid, she knows Republicans took exception to the Sam Smith dance routine. They took exception to the fact that Madonna is probably getting protested by climate activists based on the amount of plastic she currently has in her face. But understand, okay, Madonna was a pop culture star at a time when being controversial would get pushback from the right and the left. Now the left, which has abandoned all of its principles, merely exists as a device to which you can attack right-wing conservatives through in the name of your own self-righteousness. That's what the modern left is. All the people who listened to Rage Against the Machine. Screw the government. Screw Big Pharma. They joined the machine just because the right thought the machine was doing as dirty over COVID lockdowns, just because the right thought the government was doing as dirty over spying on Americans and selling us out to China. The left was like, well, I guess we're in favor of those things. Let's sell out to China. Let's push the vax on everybody with no long term data. Okay, big government's the best, right? Come on, let's go. Let's go all in. And that's what the left has become. And when you exist merely to try and piss off the other side, you're operating from a place of emotion. 
when you're operating from a place of emotion, it denies you the self-awareness that would otherwise tell you you sound like an idiot. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, this is idiotic. What I'm about to play you is Joy Reid telling you the culture war is over. Heads must have exploded after the Grammys. But that's it. The left has declared victory. And I want you to hear this, because no sooner than she's done talking, I'm going to play you a clip from Bill Maher, who's the most influential guy on the left in terms of political commentary, and he's flat out telling you the Democrats have lost their minds and they look like a bunch of idiots to any objective observer. Okay, but here is Joy Reid, okay, batting leadoff. It's clip 35. The culture wars are over, and the left won. Like... Total defeat. <laughs> I can only imagine the heads exploding in red states. I imagine Ron DeSantis is somewhere stalking through his governor's mansion trying to figure out how to ban the airing of the Grammys in Florida and take away CBS's tax exemptions. No educational value, queer theory, black music. <laughs> it's a helpful reminder that despite the almost hysterical war the right is waging to take the culture back to the John Wayne era, they are not just losing. They literally cannot win. Cultural progression is relentless. Once people get a taste of modernity, they almost never go back willingly. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I mean, seriously, Joy Reid. That was embarrassing. The culture war's over. First of all, she's reading off a monologue, and she has a hard time delivering her own writing or whoever wrote it for her because the emotion doesn't land square. Like I could tell you doing stand-up in front of like thousands of people, the octave you communicate in has such a profound impact on whether or not the joke works because the thought, the emotion has to sound like it's coming from a sincere place within you because if you demonstrate a level of comfort with what you're saying, the audience receives it in a comfortable place and the laugh comes naturally and you win. That is like Comedy Mechanics 101. So when I'm watching people work off of a teleprompter and I see them in the wrong active octave, she's like, the culture war is over and it's over. The Democrats win. Just forget it. It doesn't sound credible. It doesn't sound sincere. But more importantly, it flies in the face of everything we watched at the Grammys if we even watched it all. Their ratings are actually better this year. They're up from 2020, which was the lowest rated telecast in the history of the show. So to be clear... The overall ratings for the Grammys are down like 30% in the last decade. Joy Reid is out there citing that as proof that the Democrats are winning. Are you stupid or something? <laughs> no, no, we're winning. You don't understand. This is great. People love transgender strip shows. No, they do. It's great. No, they, they all want to bring the kids. I know I do. Lincoln was like, hey, Dad, can we go to Chuck E. Cheese? And I was like, no, no, you and your kids, no video games. We're going to a transgender strip club. And even his nieces and nephews were like, no, we don't want rides and video games. We want to tip Cinnabons. Come on, give us some singles, Dad. Let's go. Here is Bill Maher, okay, flat out. I mean, flat out contradicting everything Joy Reid has said about wokeism and the woke mob trying to change reality. It's clip 36. The problem with communism and with some very recent ideologies here at home is that they think you can change reality by screaming at it, that you can bend human nature by holding your breath. But that's the difference between reality and your mommy. <laughs> Lincoln once said that you can repeal all past history, but you still cannot repeal human nature. But he's canceled now, so f*** him. <laughs> You understand Bill Maher 
is the leading cultural voice on the left when it comes to political commentary. There's nobody more respected. And I got to be honest with you, Bill Maher, you know, you talk about it, was full of during the Trump years. He pushed the Russia thing to the moon and back. So I have a real memory. I don't just conveniently absolve him of his wrongdoing in that episode. But understand, Bill Maher has been the most dominant political comedian in the world for 35 years because he is a survivor. He adapts. Okay, and he recognizes that there's no path forward as a credible commentator if you're on the same team as Joy Reid. Okay, he knows that. He understands the woke stuff is alienating people. He understands you're insulting someone's intelligence if you tell them there's no biological difference between men and women. If there were no biological differences between men and women, they would have canceled Mr. Rogers back in the 70s. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Yeah, Joy Reid issued a a statement in response. It was... (laughs) Folks, they're not winning. Okay, they're not winning the culture war. They're not winning, more importantly for me, the happiness war. Okay, we're all in the happiness business. Okay, if you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun. You're not going to make you wish you worked another double shift and missed another night away from the people you care about. You're not going to wish you, you know, busted your ass and made a couple more dollars. You're just going to wish you did what you liked. Okay, that's the bottom line. And these people who like attacking Republicans and the culture and everything in between, okay, they like doing that because they don't like themselves. And that's the reason wokeism really won't successfully take over the country. It's because at our core, humans are calibrated to seek a good time. Okay. Wokeism is about incentivizing grievance. It's about giving people new creative ways to get offended and upset. Hey, you use the wrong pronoun for me. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know there was a right one. Okay, but if there is, I'm happy to use it for you. No, that's not enough. You need to use these for everybody in the country. It's not just about me. This We will not have equity or inclusion until we eliminate your entire way of doing things to accommodate mine. Okay, understand, that's not inclusion. That's not tolerance. That's not acceptance. That is straight up craziness. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Introducing Woke Rock, the gender-neutral album that's got everyone coming to terms. Uptown person, they've been living in their uptown world. I bet they never had a backstreet partner. Twelve inclusive anthems everyone can live by. So good, it's dangerous. Oh, here they come. Watch out, Zir, they'll chew you up. Oh, here they come. They're with them, eat up. Woke Rock. Available on college campuses and corporate boardrooms everywhere. Your birthing person don't dance and your parent don't rock and roll. We've never sold a copy, but we identify as number one on the charts. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. 
There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. A big announcement for the people that have come out to the comedy clubs. Seen myself. Lincoln Fallon shows up from time to time. I bring the link man so we can talk some jokes and politics and everything in between. You know, Lincoln always likes to weigh in. Biden's lost his marbles. He very well may be weighing in. Tickets now officially on sale for my April dates in the great state of New Jersey. That's a big one. We're going to be at Bananas Comedy Club in Bergen, New Jersey, Friday, April the 21st, Saturday, April the 22nd. Those are my very next East Coast gigs. I'm going out to Seattle, you know, Federal Way, Washington. I'm going to be in Sacramento. I'm going to be in Bend, Oregon. I'm going to be in Boise, Idaho. But then April 21st, 22nd, I will be at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey. I will post that link up on the Fox Across America Facebook page. Uh, it is live. You can buy tickets if you're on the East Coast. You want to come hang out with your radio buddy. You'll probably meet a lot of Fox people, too, because everybody wants to come heckle. So you'll see some local talent, and you might meet a few members of the Fela family. That's going to be a good one. So I'm pumped up for that. It's Friday night, April the 21st, Saturday night, April the 22nd. But in the next hour on this show, we will, of course, be previewing the big comedy event at the Capitol tonight where Joe Biden is getting ready to give a robust speech about the state of our union. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, I got to be honest, man. Strategically speaking, this whole idea of just telling everybody it's going fine is so dumb to me because people know how it's going for themselves personally. Like, you can't get on TV and say, no, no, the economy's good. Inflation's not that bad to people who uh, are getting crushed by the cost of goods. You know, you can't go, no, you don't understand the border. That's a Republican talking point. Fentanyl has become the number one cause of adult death in this country. You can't tell people that the reality they're living in is better than it happens to be. But that's the claim tonight. According to the excerpts they've released, he's going to get up there and declare victory. We've got all these prices of the vaccines and uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, okay, which he keeps touting as the biggest climate change bill in the history of our country, did not reduce inflation. It was called the Inflation Reduction Act because reducing inflation is popular and they needed that Trojan horse to pass climate change, which is not popular. What a fraud. So understand the things they consider victory. It's like I was saying in the earlier break about Joy Reid. Joy Reid thinks the left is winning the culture war because they had a bunch of transgender drag queens at the Grammys. That is a fact check false. To be clear, most people didn't watch the Grammys. Okay, but if you want to talk about the people who did, yes, a lot of people like the music, and that's fine. They should like the music. I want them to like music. Music's supposed to be a place for common culture. It's supposed to be a place all Americans can go and put their differences aside. Songs, I got to be honest with you, sometimes save your life. You're in a bad mood, a good song kind of gives you something to be excited about. You know, things are going wrong. I can tell you, like, most of my adult life was spent walking down 7th Avenue to pick up a taxi at 410 in the morning. You know, sometimes freezing your ass off, but always tired and broken, beaten down. And oftentimes I didn't even feel the whooping because I had some kind of song on it. I was, like, rocking out, losing my mind, skipping down 7th Avenue past the hobbits and the hookers and the homeless people and everything in between. I mean, that was most of my adult life. And music kind of got me through it. So I'm aware of the power of music. 
But when you start telling me that the Grammys, the biggest night in music, is an ode to the Democrats winning a culture war, it means you're missing the whole point of music, which is not to start a war, but to bring the entire country together. And that's why Democrats are as out of touch as they are. Their priorities are nobody else's priorities anywhere in this country. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. (laughs) We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. And if you're familiar with this show, uh, very rarely... Do you leave the top of the hour and talk radio with a guest that people want to spend time with you? It's an intimate (laughs) medium. But sometimes you get a guest so big, wearing a hat so fine. Oh, you stop. That you have no choice. You said radio, dude. (laughs) I can see what I look like over there. And now my my fro's all messed up, so I can't even take this off. (laughs) But that sound you hear, I can confirm. The queen of daytime, Harris Faulkner. with you. No, you are. With those thousands of people. Yeah, they're cheering and screaming and crazy. Uh, I hope you can work blue because Lincoln took it there in Reno this week. Now he was clean. He did a clean act. I would hope so. No, Lincoln. He's just he looked clean. adorable. By the way, you didn't tell me that your son is like a foot taller than. This you is now. what's so funny about Lincoln Harris. So he's like six five, and he's fourteen. I, I follow I, you I on Instagram. Oh, so you know, but but everyone meets a six five four, you know, and, and looks at him on site and just assumes we have a really dumb twenty three year old. Like, why Aww, is this kid? He's not dumb, obviously. He's smart. That. No, he's smart. He's you a precious If you had boy. a dumb kid, you would never tell jokes on the air about him being dumb. That would be horrific. It's the fact that he has better grades than <laughs> well, I do. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you would do. But Harris Faulkner is in studio to kick off the hour. Okay, this is kind of a big deal Hi. for us, a big get, and it's a big week for oh, Harris stop. because not only is she on top of the bestseller list with her book, Faith Still Moves Mountains, but she has her Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl this weekend, hence the hat if you're watching on Fox Nation. Uh, okay, so um, thought it was radio, obviously. I am so proud that, uh, first of all, I'm taking my older daughter, Bella. Oh, that's awesome. Who's 16 now, just turned 16, and we are going to have a girls' weekend and um, we have a home in mm. Scottsdale because mm-hmm. my husband's from AZ. Mm-hmm. So it's a tiny little place. And so she and I are just going to hang. And we're so super excited. And she asked me yesterday, who's who's in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I'm like, you are my child. We, no, you don't understand. We have chief. Well, I have a chief's bobblehead that's like this big. Uh-huh. And it rotates on gravity in the, in the uh, like office family oh, wow. room area. Okay. And it's always on. I'm like, Bella. She goes, well, I, you know, I mean, I know you're into them and everything. Is, <laughs> is, is Mahomes okay? I'm like, see, you know more than you think you know. <laughs> she was referring to his dad, the pitcher. She's oh, like, is no! he still pitching? Is he still <laughs> in the majors, won. Mahomes? And she said, well, I just want to, I want to root for the team that's going to win. <gasps> wow. But now oh, let's, it hurt. <laughs> but let's talk about this. As a parent trying to raise a kid that can be self-sufficient. There's an argument to be made that you should just be rooting for the winner because sometimes there's a point spread involved. 
Well, we haven't gotten that far. <laughs> You're still playing the regular I, I'm game. I'm trying to convince my girls, both of them, mm-hmm. to hang on to your cashy cash because yeah, you may yeah. never roll like Fela does. Well, that's the thing. If you're going to ball like a former New York City cab driver, you don't yeah. got to. I mean, you, then you can flow loose with it. But, <laughs> but they ain't covering point spreads. No, ma'am. No, I no, mean, no, no, to no, be no, clear, no. covering point spreads is one of the reasons I wound up driving a cab. <laughs> That's how I got there in the first place. People are like, how do you become a cab driver? I'm like, well, you got to owe a bookie a lot of money and have a child without health insurance. That's usually the two prerequisites. But no, we're here. We're doing it. Your Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. I'm excited. Um, It's a great great storyline. You got the Kelsey Bowl. You know, the two brothers are playing each other. and Travis. Travis, Jason for the Philly Eagles. I want to ask you about this. Okay, so their mom was on a podcast with them yesterday. Yeah. Wonderful woman. She's adorable. Someone suggested doing the coin toss, and in a very humble, momly manner, she said, you know, there's so many NFL legends that are more qualified to be there than me that I wouldn't want to do it. That's sweet. Which is sweet and humble and noble. But I could also make this argument that it's such a unique gonzo scenario where this woman gets to do the Super Bowl coin toss. You know that song, I Hope You Dance? Oh, you know, yeah. I hope I, I believe you could write a version of it called I Hope You Flip the Coin. Like oh, it's such stop. a once in a lifetime thing. Is it Leanne Rhymes yes. who sings that? Is it Leanne Rhymes? You could no, it's um we know this. It's um Yeah, Leanne Womack. Womack. I knew it was a Leanne. You were halfway there. Leanne Womack. Yeah, we played it at our wedding actually. Did you really? Yeah, that was so long ago. Twenty years in April. That's why I don't know which Leanne. I can barely tell which Tony I married. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just Harris Faulkner is in studio going through the what does it all mean phase. Uh, I'm kidding. Her Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Her and her kid are going. Uh, but that's good because it means your kid wants to hang out with you and have a fun time. You're the Super Bowl. I Think feel, about that. You're the attraction. I feel honored that a 16-year-old thinks that I'm still cool mm-hmm. enough to be seen with. And, of course, she has worked me over because, you know, Rihanna is doing the halftime. Yes. So there's Riri merch out there. Oh, and yeah. so we went on a went on the NFL site, and you can get the – because you have to go into the Super Bowl with a clear bag yeah, or clear something. And they have on one side, it's Fenty, which mm-hmm. is Riri's makeup. We're close like that, Riri. <laughs> I'm hey, hey, she's yeah, Riri. I dig it. And on the flip <laughs> side, it says Super Bowl 57 oh, in the Roman dope. numerals, obviously. So it's kind of cool. And then if you want it, you can get one with an arrow or mm-hmm. an eagle. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So there's see? some Super Bowl swag out there. Yeah, a there's... little bit before we get there that's useful. And then she just wants to merch up at the game. <laughs> Stuff going. you can only get there. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I'm super excited because, you know, I look at myself. I am less hip and more hip replacement these days. <laughs> <laughs> so... Harris, she's doing a tight five right here on the show. Give I don't even know again. what that is. She said, but... <laughs> I'm less hip and more hip replacement. <laughs> It is no, what it is. It. She'll be here all night. That's no. funny, Harris. You hope not. That's what you st- <laughs> <laughs> so Harris Faulkner is in studio. Let's talk about the Super Bowl of politics tonight. We have a State of the Union in Washington, D.C. Oh, I like that. Now, this is an interesting one, okay, because they're kind of waging a little bit of a confidence scheme. If the polling tells you 71% of the people think the country's going in the wrong direction, <laughs> isn't it kind of a fool's errand to get up there and tell them it's going good? I understand politics. I understand optics. But do you think in this day and age, a politician, I don't know that this has to be specific to Biden, but do you think a politician will ever again concede fault in anything? Or are they too concerned with the short-term cost in the, in the news cycle? Well, I'll tell you how I know that they will. Okay. I'm looking at the polling numbers, mm-hmm. and they show that Americans don't trust Joe mm-hmm. Biden. Yep. Uh, 
I mean, only 42% of them think that he is honest and tells the truth, that he is trustworthy. That's the headwind that hits me more than any other number Mm -hmm. out there. The fact that 62% of mostly Democrats think that he shouldn't run again, Mm -hmm. that could be for a whole host of reasons, most likely the price of breakfast foods and gasoline. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the fact that, you know, the inflation rate when he came in was 1.4%. It hasn't sniffed that territory since he sat down at the desk in the White House. Um, But I do think that for tonight, if he could have that Bill Clinton moment Mm -hmm. and just say, you know, for half the country, you guys are eating dinner and I know how much that costs. Mm -hmm. But that would be an abject lie because I don't think that that man has seen the inside of a grocery store or paid for anything in quite some time. And, you know, if the security at his beach home and and his regular home in Wilmington, Delaware, are any sort of indication, he's rolling like the honey badger with classified (laughs) documents. I mean, nothing touches him. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that he can get real with the American people about understanding where they are as they pay for the price of dinner, let alone what's in those documents, because that's what counts now. We need to know. There are just too many places. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We're talking to Harris Faulkner, the queen of daytime. We're previewing the state of the she. It's worked into every intro. It's in her rider. <laughs> she doesn't come. She actually rode in on an elephant. A lot of people don't know that. It's very cumbersome. It's oh, outside the studio goodness. right now. But no, I agree with you. I I, th- I think uh, this has come up. So a lot. which country am I queen of? Am I, I mean, right? Name it several. The sun never sets on the Faulkner Empire of the Brooklyn uh, Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> that, that rode be, in on an elephant. It wouldn't be nothing. They, they, they do all right over, from they, the Brooklyn. They zoo. do all right over there at that zoo. Look, I've read though that his team, mm-hmm. their most you know, concerned about gaffes and mm-hmm. that they have had him go through the speech north of nine times, which might not be enough. But if he sticks to the prompter, the speech should go shorter than what we've seen yeah. in the past. If he flows like he normally does. That's a problem. Who knows? Because cleanup on aisle seven could take 15 minutes. <laughs> they don't. That's the one thing uh, about this presidency where, you know, we talk about, you know, areas where we might be perceiving, uh, you know, projecting weakness to the world. You know, we talked about this on Numbered Friday with the spy balloon. Yeah. But I think there's more weakness in the fact that he's as managed as he is in the in the sense that they really don't want him off prompter. They don't want him speaking extemporaneously. And there are outlets out there in the media that can ignore this. But you know who doesn't ignore it? Our enemies. Our enemies aren't oh, taking their not. cues based yeah. on what they see on MSNBC. They're taking their cues based on what they see with their own eyes. Hey, Bob, let's float that enemy balloon across the United <laughs> States for over a week and see if see if Joe Guy in the White House does anything about it. That, that by the way, could be any enemy, which yeah. is why it doesn't have a certain like, accent. Certain no, you accent. go general. It's generic. Because it could be anybody. Yes. No, it's good. Uh, Harris Faulkner's in studio, and uh, we're having this talk about Biden because it is true that every country is ma- is drawing the same conclusion. They're watching him be taken in and out of rooms, or I was yeah. given a list of people I'm supposed to record, you know, call on first. That is not strength. It gets no. b- It's beyond foreign policy. It's if you're not, you know, as the commander in chief. If you're not the commander of your office, you're not the commander of the world. I mean, this guy's more managed than taking a toddler to church. <laughs> they give him a coloring book because they know he's going to get I'm active. Like, don't say that out loud, honey. Like, Please sit why? still. What why? do you mean you have to go to the bathroom again? Look, I'm telling you, this is all mommy can do. Now let's play. 
pay attention. You play with this. We got to pay attention to the Lord He's speaking through the preacher right now. So you you tell me Biden's going to be eating trail mix while they're introducing him tonight, just to occupy. Him. I mean, I would take everything in my purse that it took, just to you know, just to keep the toddler quiet. But I, I got to tell you, with this whole thing with China, mm-hmm. it, it isn't just TikTok and mining. You know, everything that we are, if you're on that app, mm-hmm. like if you haven't gotten that word yet, it's true. Yeah, it's not just that. It's not that Biden doesn't even really understand that, mm-hmm. that he, he undid something because it had the name Trump on it. And mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, my gosh, China's watching us through TikTok. But it's the fact that he thinks we're stupid enough yeah. to sit still for a week while he doesn't even have his people tell us at the yeah. Pentagon or anybody. And that it takes an American citizen to alert us to the fact that there's something over the skies of Montana. And, oh, by the way, there's a... There's a weapons facility yeah. with a big, big amount of ballistic missiles. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's something over there that we might not want to have surveilled yeah. from the sky. Mm-hmm. He thinks we're we're not smart, and we are, and we have power as voters. Yeah, oh, big time. So why do Democrats keep voting him in office, do you think? Well, I think a lot of it is our politics have become so hyperpartisan mm-hmm. that people don't vote for, they vote against. And if you can vilify the guy on the yep. other side. By the way, you know who's been vilified is Kamala Harris. Yeah, big time. Same side of the aisle. I don't think you'll have to worry about Believe her challenge. I saw a guy talking about her on Fox and Friends this morning that just hit it out of the park. It was like, they said he was like an ex-New York City cab driver or something. But uh, he was talking about it. Was does that him, mean it was, it was you? Yeah, it was me and Steve Ducey. <laughs> And we're talking oh, about he drove how, cabs too. Did, no, no. Oh, stop. Me. You stop it. But we were talking about how once the New York Times is running op-eds that we're yeah. thinking about, because that's did the you trial balloon. that article? Yeah, because that is the trial Ooh. balloon. You know how they operate. They leak it to the press. Mm-hmm. They see what kind of feedback it gets, and then they make a decision one way or the other. Well, who are all these people who are around him that are now leaking what's happening in private conversations about how they think he's lost his way? They don't trust him mm-hmm. either. They don't know where to send people mm-hmm. for positive comments when yep. the media do come calling mm-hmm. i mean if you have friends and paid employees that treat you like that mm-hmm. sit down and take several seats because yeah, nope. you're only going to yep. steer us into a wall at well, this point but that is the transactional nature of washington too is everybody's thinking about self-preservation they're thinking about an administration beyond this one because if a republican wins in 2024 these people don't have those jobs I don't, you know, don't get me wrong. They'll go consult or work at a competing network. But, you know, for a lot of them, they're looking at 2024 with Biden at the top of the ticket. And nobody feels confident about that. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but you don't again. want an administration that's filled with people that are going to sabotage. No, I, but I'll that's... tell you, somebody had to trigger go get those classified documents. Oh, no question. I mean, have you really considered yeah. what it would look like? To be sitting in one of your many Delaware homes and someone say, um, you know what? I think we should get some attorneys to go get something over there. Yeah. They're kind of looking at Hunter. Yeah, yeah. They're the, doing this. The call's coming the from other. inside the house, Harris. Yeah. Yes. Wow. We've taken it full horror movie well, now. Well, Faith Still Moves Mountains. Yes, it does. Is amazingly, amazingly a gift in my life. And in the lives of so many others. And you've been part of that journey. And I just want to say thank you for oh, reading the book. Harris. And talking about it on your show. Oh, don't worry. You're going to thank me. And believing in miracles and the power of prayer. Absolutely. But that still doesn't mean I think the Chiefs are going to win. I'm kidding. I love you, Harris. You're the best. You're the best. The people love You're you, too. You're my hat. Oh, Harris. It's okay. We're up against a hard break anyway. Get her out. Get her out. 
out of here. I'm kidding. <laughs> Harris, we love you. You are the cat's pajamas. Aww. Faith still moves mountains. And the way you're going to thank me really quick before we go to break okay. is my mother-in-law, Judy, loves you. So we're going to sign, Aww. if you'll sign a copy for her, it's a big deal. It. It's going to happen. All right, Aww. watch that. We just shook on it. Verbal contract. Back after Yay. this. <laughs> a show so good, it moves the stock market. The Dow racing up on Jimmy's remarks. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Just wrapped up with the Queen of Daytime, Harris Faulkner. Going to be sitting down for a powwow with Jim Jordan in the next break. He's, of course, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, they're investigating everything under the sun in Washington. I think they're investigating me. I don't know. Everybody's got an investigation right now. Uh, and there's a lot, of, a lot of reason for it. Uh, in a lot of areas, you know, the belief is that our government has been weaponized against its own people. One of the big things Jordan just subpoenaed was Merrick Garland and the fact that they drafted a letter that was designating parents who spoke out at school board meetings as domestic terrorists. What the hell is the world coming to? Not a happy ending if that's the America we've become. Where what's going on right now is that everything that runs counter to the regime narrative is being labeled as hate speech. He knows what he's talking about. So they want, you know, trans ideology, and that's what this story was about in Loudoun County in Virginia. A father whose daughter was sexually assaulted by a transgender student, that student was allowed to remain in the school district. They didn't want to report the story because it would upset a Pride Month initiative, and they didn't want a controversy about biological boys going to the same bathroom as biological girls. So when this father showed up to the school board meeting, he didn't punch anybody in the face. He didn't get violent. He did stand up at the podium and give a pretty passionate speech, though, as you'd imagine, about why it was wrong for a school district to cover up the sexual assault of his daughter because they didn't want to upset a Pride Month initiative. Lo and behold, this student who was allowed to remain in school did go on to sexually assault another girl. Now, the idea that the parents speaking out against that are domestic terrorists, folks, in any sane world. That's not right. It's not right. Okay. But the Teachers Association, along with Merrick Garland, them being the most influential lobbying wing in the Democratic Party, sent a letter over and essentially crafted a narrative where these parents were going to be labeled as domestic terrorists by the FBI. Not the ones making bombs, not the ones smuggling fentanyl across the southern border. No, the parents who didn't want their kids getting sexually assaulted by a student of a different gender who was now allowed into their daughter's bathrooms. I'm telling you, in a lot of ways, Washington's fighting the wrong battles. But if you get in the way of their battle, they label it hate speech. They tell you they're a threat to society because, you know, they're worried about violence and we don't want violence out there. And then in the next breath, they're like, oh, by the way. We got to let all the criminals out of jail because of, you know, equity. And we got to defund the police. That's the woke mindset. And that's why it's a problem. Everything woke turns to. It is Fox Across America 
with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, fired up on a Tuesday. We're getting ready for a State of the Union tonight in Washington, D.C. They are currently fitting Joe Biden for the shock collar as we speak, because if he goes off prompter, they can't have that happen. They don't imagine Nobody's coming down to the Capitol for a talk about corn pop or God knows what else is on his mind. Uh, But we've got a lot on our minds as it pertains to this next guest. He is, of course, superstar representative from the great state of Ohio, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. And he joins me now to answer the most important question of my day, which is who's going to win the Chiefs of the Eagles. Jim Jordan is here. Hey, man. Jimmy, how are you doing? Uh, I'm with the Chiefs. Yeah, you are. Even though they got... even though they got all the calls in their favor against Everyone. the Bengals. Didn't you think it was fourth and six when fourth and six, I forget, like partway into the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and uh, they go for it, and Burroughs throws that one up, and they, you know, yeah. uh, Smith goes up and makes that great catch. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Listen. Or Chase, what, what's, the the affi- what's the, the wideouts? Yeah, the aff- makes that great catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chase makes that great yep. catch, and he's like on the seven, and I'm like, okay, they're, they're going to score, they're going to win, and mm-hmm. all the momentum was there, and then. You know, then you get the official. Well, I got to tell you, man, the, the the refs in that game, a lot of questionable calls. And it doesn't help because, you know, pe- there's a lot of like conspiracy theories about the NFL being fixed. And it's not. I don't believe that. <laughs> it's not. I don't but believe I, that I know you don't. But it doesn't help that every time the refs make a weird call, we cut to a commercial for a gambling website. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, maybe throw on like a Pizza Hut ad before the gambling ad comes on, and you can calm people down a little bit. It's not helping, yeah. It's not helping. Yeah, the only thing would be worse if Fauci came on with some like, uh, you know, ad talking about some some uh, the ad council saying you should do something because no one believes him either. So oh. that, that may be the only thing worse than like a gambling gambling uh, ad uh, coming on right after it's, a terrible it's, call. It's funny. I had to talk about Fauci on Hannity last night. And yeah. uh, Sean had brought up that $100,000 speaking fee. Yeah, right. Now, I'm assuming, though, they're charging the audience to get out. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's a lot uh, of money, I missed man. that. I missed you last night. I usually try to catch you. So did you, did you bring the diesel last night? Did no, you, no, they got the heat. One? We were playing prison rules. I did uh, Hannity yeah. last night, Fox and Friends this morning. You know, the sun never sets yeah. on the Jimmy Fallon TV yeah. empire. You're, you're like, I see you everywhere, man. And well, then when you're on, when you're on Gutfeld mm-hmm. – uh, uh, those are those are those are good ones. But yeah, well, sometimes I, I don't stay up that late. I'm not as young as you, Jimmy. But oh, you uh, stomp I've, I've seen you there too. Well, thanks. Well, I, I uh, no, I, I accidentally took over this whole channel. That wasn't the plan, and now I'm working <laughs> way too hard. I didn't sign up for this. I was going to host a radio show, talk, tell a couple of jokes, and go home and play ball with my kid. And now I'm on. Yeah. You know. Oh, by the way, how's Lincoln doing? He's like 13, 14. What is he? Yeah, now, he's 14. He's six five. 14? And listen to this. So are I just serious? the link man. He's he's a legit six five. I just had him. I'll send you guys a picture when we get off the air. I just had him. I was yeah. in Reno doing stand-up, and he closed my shows. I brought him on to do, like, a Q&A with the audience at the end. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he's got some game. Like, he could play as a, as a 14-year-old kid. I don't know if I could have got laughs that in a casino. Funny. Yeah, but that's I had him amazing. on stage. If he can do that at 14, that's good self-confidence. That's amazing. Yeah. But, but I thought he was going to play tight end in the NFL. I thought that's what we talked about. What they, what, they, <laughs> what they have him playing is they have him playing defensive end, and he's good because he's tall. And, yeah. uh, you know, defensive end at a high school level, it's either yeah. blitz or contain. So it's a very limited playbook. And uh, for someone with, like, raw athletic talent, he's actually a really good defensive end. I mean, I don't know where he's going to take oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because he wants to still. Yeah, I would love that job, just being able to rush the passer almost every play. I mean, yeah, that's, oh, that would be awesome. That's the gig. You just pin back your ears yeah, and go. I mean, that's the yeah, gig. Like, yeah, all us, all us wrestling guys, we all wanted to play middle linebacker. But, you know, when, mm-hmm. you're, when you're my size, you got to wrestle. But it's like, yeah, just <laughs> like if you could just, like. 
What a job. You get to tackle people. What a great deal, right? That's, I mean, that's, that's, and he gets to rush the passer and tackle the quarterback. No, no, that's, that's even better. No, it's, it's good action. Uh, so I don't know where, the, where, where he goes with this. I don't know if he wants to play in the NFL because he always tells my audience that he's going to steal my show. And uh, I got, but I'd sign up for that in a second. If I had a kid yeah. who's actually like famous making money and I could go be a dirtbag stage dad where I could just get day drunk and watch ESPN. Are you kidding me? I'd be watching like fishing shows, like things that have no redeeming value whatsoever. Daytime talk shows while my kid's out there making money. Come on, sign me up. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right. I hear you. Well, it's fun. I, I think we've talked about yep. all, all our kids were in sports and I, oh, I so loved it watching them compete and everything else and now you get to watch your kid play football and do stand-up comedy uh comedy what a what a what a deal it's a good no it's a good racket so uh we're all fired up in the fail house lincoln will be home with me tonight we're watching the state of the union give me something you're in washington i gotta know this did they really put up a wall basically a fence around the capitol tonight you know i haven't even i haven't even been out to see that uh we've been in we had a deposition and Mm. all kinds of meetings i don't even know i do know they got the they they turned the temperature way down Okay. chamber because you know, get all those people in there so it's like freezing in there right now because we just had a couple uh votes on a rule and a mm-hmm. previous question vote okay um but yeah they they, they definitely do, do that and i assume he'll come out tonight and give a decent speech and mm-hmm. you, you know it's a it is a special night for the country yeah it's cool I, mean, I don't agree with all the all the crazy things this administration's done you know mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that they've done one thing right but but it is amazing night for the country because i always say this is as close to pageantry as as you know, America yeah. gets. We're not. We don't have. We don't have kings and queens and monarchy or anything like that. We just. We got we the people. Yeah. But this is as close as it gets, and it's a, it's a good night for the country. No, no question. I mean, when you talk about the State of the Union, it's like it's politics. So it's like a beauty pageant if every girl was a five. But uh, I'm kidding. It's exciting nonetheless. I'm kidding. Jim Jordan's on the line from Ohio. He's, no, no, don't touch that. They got to give you at least that much media training. Come on, man. Jump on the microphone, Russell. Um, so I, I was reading. Let me tell you what else I know. Uh, I read that the first subpoenas went out uh, towards Merrick Garland in regards to schools and stuff like that. Is it even like crazy to you to even be in a position where we're talking about parents speaking out at a school board meeting as domestic terrorists? It's it's frightening. It makes no sense. And, and, and actually, uh, we are just closing down the first uh, first uh, transcribed interview, deposition transcribed interview for uh, one of our whistleblowers. First one we've had, um, and, and he's telling some very interesting uh, things about the political nature of the Justice Department. But the first whistleblower we had come talk to us out of the dozens who come talk to House Judiciary Republican um, staff members is is um, the one who talked to us about the, the school board issue. And yeah, it's crazy that you had to uh, remember the predicate for this was. Uh, this letter from the National School Boards Association, a letter that they have now said we regret that we sent and we're pulling back. And yet Merrick Garland continues to have this memorandum in place, this operation in place where you can go on the snitch line. You can be a tattletale. You can talk about some parent and you can report them to the FBI. And we know of over two dozen parents who've had the FBI visit them because some busybody reported them to the FBI. No one's been charged with the crime, by the way, to yep. our knowledge. But that's what happened. And you talk about the chilling. So you're you're thinking about you're going to go to to, to Lincoln's. Uh, you're going to go to the school board meeting tonight, where Lincoln goes to school, and you're thinking about saying something. You're like, you know what? Maybe I won't go because Mrs. Smith got a visit from the FBI three weeks ago. Or if I go, maybe I'll just keep my mouth shut because you know th- that's what happens when you have this kind of 
pressure on an attack on the First Amendment. That's crazy. Well, that's the part I, I wish people understood that none of us are better off for. Like, there's a lot of people on the left that think right-wing censorship helps them. But it doesn't help them because if the long game here is that political dissent is now just cancelable, you know, you make it go away. There comes a point point when the shoe's on the other foot. And that's the funniest thing about like the Elon Musk Twitter thing is when Twitter was banning Donald Trump, everybody on the left was like, let them do what they want. And then when Twitter sold to Elon Musk, they were like, how dare you? What do you mean? Yeah. And they're saying boycott Twitter now. Like there's a whole group out there calling for it. I said this on the House floor. I said, don't think – it's like a year or so ago. I said, don't think the cancel culture mob won't come for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and literally within – it was like I, – I don't know. Right, right around that same time, they, they cancel the Diane Feinstein Elementary School is now no longer named after Senator Feinstein because even though she's a liberal icon on the left, mm-hmm. she wasn't good enough because 30 years ago she said something that they find offensive today. So they, they, they said we're not going to name the school after her. We're going to take the name off the school. So it, it's like they're not going to stop with conservatives and republicans. Everyone is fair game. And that's, that's why we have the First Amendment, and that's the danger when you go after it. It's so, yeah, it's so true. We're talking to Jim Jordan. Do you remember when there was a San Francisco high school that was going to take Abraham Lincoln's name off the school? Yep. That's crazy. Yep. crazy. So we had, a month, sure we had a month there where my son was going by his middle name, O.J. <laughs> Jim Jordan, you're the best. It's so funny. Snuck yeah. that one in on you. But let me throw this at you really quick while I still got you here. Because uh, I know you got a State of the Union to get to, and that's a hold to do. Uh, and we're excited. We'll all be watching. And I'm like you. There are, there are – I want moments in this country where we are actually celebrating America and traditions yeah. where we yeah. can have nice things. Like I, I'm with you yeah. on this, so I get it, and I'll be there watching uh, in good faith. I, I doubt I'm going to agree with most of, most of it, but I'll watch it in good right. faith. But if we're getting ready to go watch a speech where 71% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction, like if you're writing Biden's speech, what do you tell him to say? Yeah, I think you'll come out, but you're right. The, 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 I've never seen wrong track numbers like this, and the reason that 71, 7 out of 10 Americans don't think we're headed in the, in, in the right direction is because we're not, because mm-hmm. everything they've done, you know, I, the, the list, a uh, secure border to no border, safe streets to record crime, uh, stable prices to record inflation, uh, a government that I think has been turned on the citizens it's supposed to serve and is now actually targeting them, and we just talked about what's happening with, with parents and school board meetings. So that's why 7 out of 10 don't think it's headed in the right direction. Um, but I think you'll come out and say, I shot down the balloon. Uh, uh, you know, jobs, jobs report last month was good. So I think you'll come out and say some of those things mm-hmm. and try to change, <coughs> excuse me, the perspective that, that most Americans have. Okay, that sounds fair. Well, listen, I'm sorry I didn't make it to Russell's keg party. I know he's having a big event tonight. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and any, anytime, I, anytime I get a, uh, an invite from Russell to meet up, I get, I get concerned because I never know if he's in trouble with the bookie or what really, what's really going on, you know. <laughs> You got a great staff. They're class people, but I I worry about them. They are good. We appreciate your prayers and your concern. I will pass that along to the entire staff, Jimmy. I know they will appreciate that. (laughs) You're the best. Good luck tonight, man. (laughs) See you, man. Thanks. There he goes. The great Jim Jordan from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. He is the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. And uh, the staff in Chairman Jordan's office, they're uh, they're a good time. They're good people. I always tell you about the show if you're listening for the first time. Anybody here on my show that's a lawmaker is somebody I've run into off the air 
and felt like they were genuine. That's how the show works. I don't book anybody so they can come on and yell talking points at you and have a nice night. Like I, I either find them funny or they can engage and have a good time and talk about issues. But on a level that we can all grasp them at. Nobody wants some D.C. swamp, you know, political talking point because it's exhausting radio. And uh, it's one of the best things you could say about Jim Jordan is like he comes from the America I grew up in. You know, he's in Ohio. He's in the 4th Congressional District. You know, you're talking about Lima and Wapakoneta and St. Mary's. You know, this is these are good hoods, you know. Get out to Indian Lake and, you know, it's all good hoods out there. So anyway, people in that part of the country are in on the joke. And what I mean by that, because that's what I'm married into, Jenny Fails from out there, is there's a lot of people who grew up with real perspective, meaning the rest of the world is a hellhole in most places. And if you live here, you have hit the lottery. You know, we always talk about things like a white privilege. White privilege is a joke. What everyone in this country has is American privilege. If you live here, you live in the world's 1%. Your overall quality of life as the brokest guy in America still puts you by percentage in the world's 1%. Because of the creature comforts we enjoy, of the safeties and the freedoms we have at our disposal, if you live in this country, you've hit the lottery. And people in that part of the country that Jordan represents, they are in on that joke. That's why they don't appreciate, you know, the whole demonization of this country. You know, it's not a thing that resonates with them because they all know the truth. And for me, you know, I grew up in the 80s. Reagan was president. It's a big deal. And he was, a, you know, he was pro-America, you know, and he talked about, you know, the shining city on the hill and everything in between. And you were like, yeah, you know what I mean? You wanted to root for the home team. And that's the biggest problem the Democrats have is, you know, Biden will say things from time to time like, I don't doubt there isn't anything we can't accomplish if we work together. And then in the next sentence, he's like, MAGA's a bunch of white supremacists. They want to kill democracy. And you're like, yeah, that's not how unity works. You know, but there's a lot of people on the left Okay, that are being sold victimhood instead of the victorhood that makes America what it is. America is a place where you can do it, where anybody can be anything. Don't ever forget that Barack Obama ran for president with a slogan of, yes, we can. Okay, if the Democrats were running a black president right now, the slogan would be, oh, hell no. That's what it would be. Wait, yes, we can. Easy for you to say. Check your privilege. We ain't doing anything. We need the government to help us. The playing field's not level. Slavery. Civil rights, you know, all that stuff. You know, all the stuff we overcame and did more work than any country in the world to get past. No, no, they don't want that in their rearview mirror. They want that on the hood of the car everywhere we go because the democratic mindset is victimhood. If you're living here, you've been dealt a bad hand. And that makes us a laughing stock to the rest of the world. And I do mean that because the people in other sides of the world that are like literally watching us bash America while they're peeing on each other for heat. What the hell did you just say? I'm just saying, okay? You're having a bad day in America? Trust me, it could be worse. And everybody else seems to know that but us. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. You're listening to the most relatable man on the radio. Best way to describe him is to say he's a typical boy next door. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, wrapping it up for the day. I get off the radio today. 
I got no TV. I got no meetings. I got no Fox Nation. I got no nothing when this is over. Freedom! This is, honestly, I mean, I had Fox in front of 6 o'clock this morning. This is like my shortest work day in like 12 years. I'm not, I don't even know what to do with myself. It's crazy. I have an op-ed. I'm writing an op-ed. It's going to come out on foxnews.com. Uh, it'll get handed in tomorrow. It'll come out Thursday because everybody's covering the State of the Union tonight. But all things considered, I'll be doing what you're doing, watching the State of the Union, hanging out. I mean, if you are so inclined. Uh, but I will be with you in spirit if you are just out there in the universe tonight pursuing fun, pursuing happiness, and just firing some good vibes into the night sky out of a T-shirt gun. That's the whole point of being alive, man. It doesn't matter if you have money. It doesn't matter how successful you are. I can tell you the most fun I've ever had in my life was walking up and down 7th Avenue and driving a cab 12 hours a day and then going home to meet Jenny and my buddy Dean and eating a cheap sandwich from the deli and talking about all the wacky taxi passengers and then remembering to go find baby Lincoln because we left him in the stroller in the hallway where he was sleeping. You know, something like that. <laughs> Wasn't throwing a perfect game as a parent, but I was having a good time. Raised the kid in a fun environment, and uh, we have a very fun kid to show for it. I'm telling you this because I care, man. Everybody is so at each other's throats politically, so contentious out there. Uh, but if you really wanted to help the country, doesn't matter what your political ideology happens to be. If you could just be cool. That's why the mantra of the show is like, hey, be a Republican, be a Democrat, don't be a boop, you know, that whole thing. It's because you can make such a better controversial, you know, contribution to the universe just by not being a pain in the ass than you can by arguing passionately for your points and what you believe in and blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares, okay? What people care about is fun. People care about is family. People care about food. You know, that's what it is. So most of what life is all about. We all want the same things. That's the point. You might have different political ideology than me, but at the end of the day, what is everybody trying to do, okay? If you're out there and you're single, you're trying to get paid, you're trying to get laid. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Okay, but even so, say you're married, okay? You're still, you know, trying to get paid and, you know, with any luck, I mean... I love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> it doesn't really change that much. Uh, but the point is, uh, life is there for the living. So get out there and live the pants off of it. Uh, have the best night allowable by law. I will be on Fox and Friends first at 5.15 tomorrow morning. Until then, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.